Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. center of the galaxy this is the four center podcast feed and this particular episode is called favorite points of view i'm joseph scrimshaw and with me is ken knapsack oh sir we're continuing a great conversation last week that got me so excited and geeked up to be a star wars geek i (laughs) i also am geeked up to be a star wars geek uh, I normally start this uh, particular podcast by saying hello there, like Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I just got so geeked up, I just didn't even look at my own notes. Uh, this uh, this particular podcast show that we do 
is called Favorite Points of View because it is all about that idea of the Obi-Wan Kenobi quotes of many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. In this episode, this podcast is about celebrating those different points of view. We ask uh, listeners, in this instance, our, uh, some of our patrons on Patreons, for a favorite of a thing that they like in Star Wars. And then I think it helps us all to just understand people's different perspectives and why they love the different things they love in Star Wars. Uh, we have done two episodes now. This is our second on favorite vehicles and ships in Star Wars, and I'm very excited to dig in. Uh, Ken, are you ready? Let's dive in, my friend. All right, then, Ken, you know what? Why don't you grab this first one? Love it. This is coming to us from Joshua Bernard. Joshua writes, hey, Joseph, Ken, and Jennifer, I would have to go with the Tanavi 4. By the way, I say Tant. Tiv for, excuse me. Uh, I will always say it that way, no matter what. And I'll pause right here from Joe. I understand what he says. The the, uh, the tan of four is how I grew up saying it. And then you can find it's the tan of V. But nine num versus nin num. Nin num is literally in one of my stand-up comedy acts on tape for years. And then to find out that, well, it's nine. We just didn't really get told that. It's hard <laughs> to change. It's hard to change. So, it, Joshua, I'm there with you. It really is. And I think if the characters inside the galaxy can just go wild with their pronunciation, so can we. So can we. So uh, pause there. Now resume. Joshua writes, it has always been one of my favorite ship designs. And being the first ship we ever saw, I always thought it was cool. Then in 2019, when the 20th anniversary Lego edition came out, I had to get it. It came with Princess Leia, Captain Antilles, and most important of all, Bail Organa, a.k.a. Space Jimmy Smith. <laughs> This was the third edition of this set, and I was finally able to get this one. The X-Wing, Y-Wing, Falcon, TIE Fighter are great, but this ship will always be special to me. When I saw it in Revenge of the Sith, it brought back memories when I first uh, watched Star Wars, not A New Hope, but Star Wars on VHS, and I was a kid again. I will always be, it will always be one of my favorites, and when I saw it in Rise of Skywalker, I was excited again. In my mind, Nine Numb, not Nine, Nine Numb was able to recover the Tana V4 and fly it to safety. Uh, a lot in that. I feel you, Josh, uh, Joshua, on a lot of things there, including I think Nine Numb and the ship are safe. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, Ken, that's that's where I want to go with this. First, I just want to hear your general feelings about this ship and then about <laughs> uh, talk about uh, just a pronunci pronunciation uh, bonanza <laughs> here that you get to say Tanta V4 and Nine Numb. Uh, how do you feel about the ship and its alleged fate? I uh, sad, not not in a uh, you know. I'm not going to Anakin this. I'm going to let it go and, and let Nine Numb if I have to. You know, and the novel has maybe a different take on it. Uh, the actor, the performer, of <laughs> Nine Numb has a different take on it, and I think the movie has a different take on it, and that's fine and fair in Star Wars. But it's just goes to show I'm I'm emotionally connected to this ship and this character, but the ship particularly, and I, I, I'm feeling what Joshua is feeling as well. If just it was kind of the first one and. You look at it and it's awkward and bumpy and clunky and it's being chased by the super sleek uh, Empire and, and, and uh, you know, the Star Destroyer is just overshadowing it. And you just you just kind of have a soft spot in your heart for that, that, that silly looking spaceship. And it's just carried on. I love that it's in Rise of Skywalker. It makes sense. And a resistance, too. And I love it. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you on the love of this ship. I think uh, this is so great that Joshua is focusing on it as like the first ship we see. And yeah. in that grand uh, tradition, it is 
of Star Wars. Yeah, no, that's a it's a spaceship, but it's just a little different. And I think the interior, those white corridors, there's so much in A New Hope that is stark white uh, versus stark uh, black. And those white corridors that are like so strangely rounded. It's a place that has like just a ton of personality. And it just, it, 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 I think, is uh, in the original trilogy, such tip of the iceberg storytelling where you're like, I want to spend more time in those corridors. So it's so great uh, when we actually get to. Oh, yeah. Uh, the corridors, yeah. That We talk a lot about that opening sequence and, the you know, how I love the rebel troops and bushy eyebrow guy who I was convinced <laughs> was Han Solo's uncle or cousin or something. Like, I just, as a kid, you just, the imagination goes everywhere. And that's part of the, part of the appeal of that ship. Why, again, when it shows him a Rogue One and you're just in the hallway, like, I don't, nostalgia candy, uh, stuff it down my throat. I loved it. I loved seeing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I absolutely do not want to do this, but I feel I must, Ken. Uh, I, this is because this is something that I have run into when studying for trivia. According to Wikipedia, the ship in Revenge of the Sith is the Tantive Three, which is a CR seventy Corvette, and then the Tantive Four is the CR ninety Corvette. Mm. Uh, so, just I mostly just bringing that up uh, to save anyone the time or energy of <laughs> of tweeting that that there has been an error. Um, but because I think for myself as a, as a fan just watching it. I just absolutely assumed that it, it was the same ship, that it was this great uh, connecting thread, right? Yeah, no, and, and yeah, and I, I, I didn't want to, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we, but you're right, we have to, if we're on a pot, Star Wars podcast, the letters that were being written the moment <laughs> we said that, like letters, actual handwritten letters to, to correct us are true. But yeah, the Tenevive uh, 3 was was the ship indeed. But, you know, which is part of the fun, it's part of the fun, but I also love, again, 9 versus Neen. I love learning those little details even later on and just trying to work them into your own head cannon. Yeah, and to me, it does not take anything away from what Joshua is saying because the emotional reaction mm-hmm. to that ship in Revenge of the Sith is exactly the same regardless of whether it's an earlier iteration of a line of ships or the exact same ship because it yeah. is that great uh, connective tissue where... It, I think there's something about seeing those those white uh, the, those white halls, and there's something so heroic, even amidst the tragedy of Bail Organa, you know, father of uh, Leia and builder of the rebellion. That Bail Organa, Space Jimmy Smith, as Joshua says, yeah. is himself a, a a figure of hope. So to see him in those bright white halls, uh, going and rescuing uh, Yoda and Obi Wan even though we're in the darkest part of the movie and the darkest part of this trilogy, and there's all this tragedy, the image of that ship and its connection to the, to the original trilogy, give the movie to me this, this moment of hope that's really needed. Mm, Wow. Yeah, no, and it's uh, again, a emotional connection to the images and seeing and going back to what you felt watching it whenever you watch star Wars, a new hope for the first time. It paints a picture. Again, the fact that Jimmy Smith's uh, Bail Organa it collects, uh, you know, it's like he buys an Aerostar van. Every, every new year, he buys a new model. He's like that guy, you know. For a while, my dad had Volkswagen vans. We had every model. You know, like, it's just, that that's that's Bail Organa. Like, I need I need, I need the new I need the new blockade runner. Give yeah. me that. Um, but it all it all paints that picture. Connects. Connection to the to the to the first time you saw it and, and how you feel from that that going forward from that. 
Yeah, yeah. And the the, the Wikipedia continues to bring the pain, Ken, oh, uh, no. saying on the Tanta V4 uh, uh, page that during the battle, the Tanta V4 was destroyed by Darth Sidious' Fort's lightning attack. But I will say this, is a big fan of Rise of Skywalker. I think they should have either let let the poor Tanta V4 survive or or lean into it and, and really let us see its end. Hmm. I agree with that. There you go. Yep. Proof we hate the movie. I think that's <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. With you. yeah. No. But uh I would be happy because I know I know that there's been back and forth of this. Like it is clearly not doing well. There's a lot of lightning going on. It nine numb is it, this that's not his day. He's not things aren't going well, uh clearly. Uh but you can kind of see what's going on to it as we really fade into uh Ray uh connecting with the, mm-hmm. all the Jedi that have come before. So I, for one, I'll go out on this limb. I'm open to uh, somebody uh, writing a story that says, actually, the Tanta V4, Nine Numb survived, and this is how. He lands on Exegol. Oh, ship's destroyed. Yeah, yeah. I- I'm there for that. Yeah, absolutely. The next time you visit Exegol, it's just Nine Numb has built an entire society there by himself. <laughs> Fine with me. Uh, great thoughts, Joshua. Thank you for starting us off with a favorite ship or ships, depending on how you look at it and say it however you want, I think. We're going to move on to our next uh, submission from Simon Huffnagel. Here's what Simon has to say. Simon says, I'm going to... Oh, I always do that when Simon sends in a, a thing, and I never mean it as a joke. I apologize. Here we go. Here's what Simon's thoughts are. I'm going to cheat in a couple of ways here. One, taking a page out of the Star Wars ranked book, I am putting the Millennium Falcon in my personal favorite points of view Hall of Fame. (laughs) Mm. It is probably the honest answer for my favorite ship, but I want to give some love to another one. Two, I'm picking both a favorite ship and a favorite vehicle. Feel free to cut uh, cut one for time if necessary. Unnecessary, Simon. Uh, Simon continues, my favorite ship is the hero ship of Star Wars Rebels, the Ghost. I absolutely love the Ghost. I love the Corellian design aspects that remind us of the Falcon, but with a symmetric ship layout. I love that she has an auxiliary shuttle for away missions, but mostly I love how important the Ghost has become to the history of the galaxy. Galaxy. She transported Mon Mothma to the formal creation of the Rebel Alliance. Mm. She's one of the first ships to ever take on a TIE Defender in canon. She was present for many major battles, including Scarif, Endor, and eventually Exegol. Finally, the Ghost is home to some of my favorite Star Wars characters. She's a great ship, and I can't wait to see where she will appear next. My favorite vehicle goes to Sebulba's Pod Racer. I'm a child of the prequel era, prequel era and in the Pod Race, uh, and the Pod Race has always been one of the most thrilling sequences in the saga for me. I picked Sebulba's pod racer specifically because of the X shape from the front and the sound of churning death that the engines make. I always get a bit scared for Anakin when those engines are breathing down his neck. Beautiful visual and sound design. Uh, Thank you, Simon, for the great thoughts and for all of the cheating, which we welcome. The Falcon does deserve to be in the uh, favorite points of view Hall of Fame and both the Ghost and Sebulba's pod racer are great choices. Uh, Ken, what do you? What are your reactions to the ghost? Man, I hear well a little bit with both ships that fall fall um, into this kind of uh, overall thought and statement from me. I, I I love when new things become classics, and either they become classics quick, or next you know you look back and it, it seems like those ships are always around. 
the ghost emerges in 2014 and it's uh, reminiscent of the Falcon, you know, and, and, and it kind of, it's a part of this uh, cartoon what's going on here if you're here. And now the ghost just means so much to so many people, myself included. And I love that Simon uh, brought up the Mon Mothma scene, that, that speech inside the ghost that Mothma gave to the galaxy, to the rebellion. So powerful, such a key moment in Star Wars history. And it's there. And then it, Hera's ship and her being such a great pilot. And, uh, you know, finally in the forces of destiny, uh, her and Han debating on who's better and which ship is better. I love all that stuff. And the ghost is just, it's part of the conversation now. It's not new. It's there and feels like it always was there. And same with Sebulba's pod racer for me. I could only imagine experience, experiencing it like uh, someone like Simon seeing Phantom Menace in the theater and you're six, seven, eight, nine, or that age group. The terror you must have felt uh, in your soul at that bum, 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 as it comes up on Anakin's uh, pod and Anakin himself. That would never have left me much like I'm still kind of afraid of the rancor monster from being terrified at it uh, of it at seven. <laughs> it still has a moment of, Oh, go, go, go. here we go. <laughs> um, so all those well said stuff, Simon, uh, really, really good. And, and uh, I, I know I went uh, to all the vehicles, uh, Joseph, but uh, no, that's fine. Just love, just love it. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, no, I think uh, Simon has a lot of great things uh, to share about the ghost. I so agree about the design. There's so much going on in Rebels. Obviously, it's it's pulling from Macquarie, but as we've talked about before, it is in, in kind of the first foot out of the gate of what is uh, Lucasfilm going to be like uh, when they're under the Disney umbrella. And so there is something very classic, very original trilogy about the ghost, and yet it is entirely its own. It passes uh, that great sort of um, silhouette test of Star Wars where you can recognize it. There's not another ship quite like it. Uh, so I love it from all these uh, aesthetic points of view, from all these story points of view. But I think one of the thing, most powerful things about the ghost to me is... We've had ships that people have emotional connections to, you know, through lots of different storytelling. We know that the the Falcon is uh, Han's uh, sloppy home. It was, you know, Lando's uh, fun, uh, well-appointed bachelor pad. Uh, Anakin has this weird relationship with uh, the Twilight, the uh, spice freighter he, you know, steals and uses for secret missions in the Clone Wars. So we've had these kind of personal connections. The ghost is home explicitly. And we yeah. get to see those scenes. We get to see people's rooms. You know, we get to see uh, Sabine personalizing her space. You know, uh, the, we know where the common area is versus the rooms. And, and there is something about the fact that Rebels ultimately is really a show absolutely celebrating this big Star Wars idea of found family. Mm. Of course, we need a home to celebrate that. And, and the Ghost is a cool ship, a fast ship another great Corellian ship, but most importantly, it's home. And, and that's really, uh, I think, a thing I'd love to see more ships that we get to spend that kind of time with. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's just that certain feeling, that family, oh, all the stuff you're saying. It's a great song. A yeah. song about home. <laughs> it's a place to sleep, uh, eat, bicker, Everything you need to do as a family. Uh, in Sebulba's Pod Racer, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. The the this phrase churning, uh, the sound of churning death that the engines make. Um, it's uh, uh, the design is really cool. The the just the aggressive orange of it. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. The sound is great, but the thing that always affected me, uh, and it does every time I watch, is just that that kind of character picture that not only is Sebulba thinks he's the best, he's unbeatable. The odds are all with him. And he, it just, it, there's this sense of overcompensation that his pot is, his engines are so big. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
and just that kind of simple villain thing of how could anyone beat me? My engines are big. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 So I love it. <laughs> love it. Great ideas. Great uh, favorite points of view on a ship and a vehicle. Thanks for that, Simon. Uh, Ken, do you want to take us on to the next one? I do. Aaron Thompson writes, uh, I have a quick but meaningful one. It was love at first sight. The Jedi Vector. What I love about it is the symbolism that this new vehicle showed me. It wasn't included in the story for its overwhelming machinery or technology. In fact, it stays in parallel with the essence of what a Jedi is. The lasers can be in Adjusted as not every conflict needs to end in death. The ship is lightweight and mechanical, so the Jedi pilot has a one-to-one interaction with the controls and can feel every gust of wind that moves it. To me, it feels an accurate companion to the Jedi. No frills and laser-focused, which, by the way, that I mentioned, requires a lightsaber key! Exclamation points on that one. I could go on and on, but maybe my favorite moment so far was when two vectors come swooping in to save the day with only one Jedi piling a vector herself and the other through the force right out of the gate it was such a beautiful addition to jedi lore for me did either of you joseph ken have a moment or design detail that resonated with you aaron's asking us questions love that (laughs) yeah um ken you you go first uh your thoughts on the vector and uh any design details that did resonate with you like aaron's asking yeah yeah when it was revealed and before the books came out it was you know we heard a lot of things about like a lot of these are older designs laying around the production offices, so to speak, of what could we turn into what? And some of the uh, bombers from the Last Jedi opening sequence, some of the designs that weren't used maybe showed up here. So, I don't know, you can have a tendency to go like, oh, is this like a used garage sale uh, a vehicle for Star Wars? And, uh, and in a way, yes, but they're smart enough to realize what they want to get out of it. And that design, oh, look at that. That symbolizes what we need. And so there's something to me about the the light wispy wings uh, that is just kind of cutting through uh, the atmosphere, space, and the story just uh, in, in full. And, and and like Aaron says, just the Jedi just in full just connection mode with everything going on uh, going on around him. I like that it's just not just lightweight, but it's just it's just a wisp of a ship, and I love that. Yeah, I think the design detail that I love is the wisp as well because there's just. There is so beautifully almost nothing to this ship. It's like it's designed so well. You got those the two uh, normal side wings, and then these uh, kind of great uh, cannons shooting out. And these the, the uh, I don't even know functionally what part of the ship they are, but these I'm looking at the picture of it. Then these kind of two uh, wing like shapes heading out in the back. There's there's so nothing there to the ship, just in terms of the amount of of material uh, mm-hmm. that this is a ship that is all about trust and this is a ship that has no fear right it's almost mm-hmm. the opposite of Sabobo's like uh, nothing could beat me I surrounded myself with large engines this is the like the we don't need anything yeah we're, we're practically exposed uh, to space you know uh, if somebody breathes on this wrong it might uh, fall apart but we have no fear whatsoever it just it speaks to such confidence and mm-hmm. i really like that design when we saw it but then when i read light of the jedi and we got into that lightsaber key stuff and that a lot of the uh, controls are, are designed to be you know intuitive and, and used through the force and have kind of a relationship with uh the jedi just mm-hmm. the amount of of the lack of fear and the confidence of that is mm-hmm. so cool and mm. then it it just, it, the lightsaber key in particular, it's this detail oh, that, that is, it's so nerdy, geeky 
cool uh, because as soon as I read that, I just pictured doing it with my action figure whenever they make this, mm-hmm. uh, that it's it's got a part of it of, you know, I, I bang on about tip of the iceberg storytelling and so much of the High Republic is just going off of that imagination of these Jedi when they were the absolute guardians of peace and justice. Um, and mm-hmm. there's the, wow, they're really in tune with the force. There's no fear. There's all confidence in the ship. That's the big uh, thematic version of that. But the just cool, that's awesome version of that is, and then they use their lightsabers to, is the key to start these ships. Is just like the fun, just uh, space fantasy detail that makes it so cool. Yeah, it was, oh, that was one of those uh, icing on the cake indeed. I, I love it. I was going to talk about some Bulbas pod race. I was going to maybe take some nah, world, real world shots at uh, <laughs> certain vehicles and owners, but I, I, I don't want to do that. And that's not fair. I want to be above that. I want to be like the Jedi. But everything you just said describing the Jedi ship, the Jedi Starfighters, which I, again, I think can, can move forward in the Star Wars story with the different versions of Jedi Starfighters, it all kind of has that same kind of vibe. The, we know what we can do. Uh, we'll just We'll just do it. Thank you very much. Yeah. And I also just love that detail that we learn early in Light of the Jedi that they're just a bunch of these. They're everywhere. They aren't any one Jedi. Just take it. But that's still even within that. Some Jedi are like, yeah, but this one's mine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a very great human detail. Uh, Any other thoughts on the Vector or Aaron's uh, comments? I mean, the only thought I think you and I have even touched upon it when talking about the High Republic. And we will again. I want a playset of it i want it i want the toy i want it in my hands yep i need a vector action figure please 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 and not just a vector funko pop they haven't quite uh, gone that far yeah. yet but maybe we'll get we'll probably get a funko pop of uh, load and great storm <laughs> in a vector and i'll take that no offense to funko pop but i i want my three and three quarter traditional action figure and and sticking that little lightsaber uh, key in and then it goes pew 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 yeah oh god <laughs> Great thoughts, Aaron. Thank you so much. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with our final uh, favorite points of view on ships and vehicles in Star Wars. We will be right back. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Force Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Force Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. to finish discussing favorite points of views on ships and vehicles in Star Wars. Thanks to everyone who sent in some thoughts. Uh, Ken, what, why don't you take this one too? Because I forgot where we were at in our road game. Oh, I, I, I'm happy to. You know, we, we can't be too rigid. Uh, we got to <laughs> flow. flow with the, the living force and cosmic force. Uh, this one is from Chris Lentz. 
Chris writes, I was really excited to sit down and write a long, detailed bit about my reasoning for loving the Outrider because Dash Rendor, Rendar rocks. Oh, gosh, I had to I, I had to read those words, Joseph. Um, <laughs> the wicked frat house wannabe bad boy nature of the night buzzard or maybe how you can feel the engines of Sebulbus Racer in your soul when it chugs along the screen. But at the end of the day, my favorite Star Wars ship will always be the one that literally screams through freaking space. The pilots wear black jet uh, jet black armor. They're metal as hell. I love that. For no other reason than they're just badass looking and sounding ships. Tie until I die, writes Chris Lance. Wow. Okay. That that was a journey for me. Look, actually, really, I actually like the Outrider. All right. I want to put that out there. I like the Outrider. I'm not a huge fan of Dash Rendor, but that doesn't matter. His ship is cool. I'd hang out with that there, there too. So, Chris, we're okay. Uh, they're metal as hell. I love that description of the TIE fighter. It's true. There, there are no shields, no hyperdrive. You can barely see out of them. But, man, I kind of like the idea of flying them. Joseph, what say you? Yeah, I think it was the will of the force that allowed me to forget where we were in our rotation of reading these so that you <laughs> did have to read the words because Dash Rendar rocks. Uh, I, I like the whole approach that Chris is uh, taking here, running through some uh, runners up and then uh, getting to the final metal choice of the TIE fighter. And just a real perspective, it's great. This is part of the reason I really like doing this podcast is we all bring different things uh from our own personality, our own life experience about what we like in Star Wars and everything that Chris is, is uh, describing using the phrase, uh, you know, metal as hell is telling me that like, Chris likes the, the, the screaming dangerous, oh, yeah. <laughs> as he says, wicked frat house, wannabe bad boy nature of, <laughs> <laughs> uh, of, of kind of ships. And, and this is a great yeah. collection of them of Sebulba's racer, which we just talked about the night buzzard, which, yeah, come on. That is, that yeah. is, that could have been the title of an uh, of a metal album in about 1988. <laughs> like, it's the Night Buzzard Tour. Um, um, great weird ship. Uh, but the one that we're talking about that Chris came down to is the Tie Pilot. Yeah, I can hear uh, Metallica uh, singing uh, "For Whom the Tie Screams" right ah. now. Oh, there, yeah, it, it it is really impossible uh, to argue with the Tie Fighter is one of the greatest ship designs. Uh, the X-Wing is, of course, utterly classic. We talked about it on the last episode. But the X-Wing and the TIE Fighter are like this perfect partnership, right? Of like mm-hmm. really saying, look, uh, there are, this is our space fantasy movie, but we're spending some time with these kind of science fiction ships. And these are how different they can look. Something as cool and different as the X-Wing. And then this TIE Fighter, which is mm. just bizarre barely uh, not not like traditionally aerodynamic like the x-wing with its thrust forward it's this weird ball with these huge wings but somehow it just looks as cool as hell and more than anything it sounds cool as hell it is that is you know the scream the whine of the tie fighter is one of the most iconic star wars sounds for a reason and it is powerful all by itself because it sounds it just scary and strangely powerful and demonic and um, mm-hmm. totally getting into Chris's metal mood. It's like <laughs> the empire's coming for you yeah. um, every time. But it's also like just one of the things that I always go to when, you know, we're talking about like, well, does this make sense? How does, how does this physically work in the star Wars galaxy? Is this true? I always go to, you know, but the spirit of the story is the ties scream in space. Yeah. This is not science fiction storytelling. That's like, well, 
but there is a vacuum and sound wouldn't travel. No, the ties scream in space. And for Mm. me, that's always the starting point of any uh, physics or practicality discussion in Star Wars because that's the storytelling. Uh, The Mm. ties are not practical ships. (laughs) Uh, The the sound... uh, shouldn't be there technically right but but it is because that's the power of them yeah and hey look i love the tie interceptor for trying to correct the vision problem and that's a beautiful ship too but everything still kind of remains the same it's it's so iconic and i love i love uh you connecting to just what it represents we always talk about the why in star wars and uh, that is no small why yeah, not at all. And before we move on from Chris, I will say I did pull up uh, the Outrider to just look at it a little bit here on the side. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, uh, Dash himself is is uh, he's, he's a, a little uh, uh, shoulder pad heavy for me aesthetically, but I cannot <laughs> say a single critical thing about the Outrider. It is a damn yeah. cool ship, uh, yeah. it, much like Ghost, really building off of what's cool about the Falcon, but still making it entirely yeah. its own things. The, the Outrider is a super great ship. Yeah, you know, I used to drive an Infinity I thirty, but I always looked at the cooler I thirties and or cooler Infinities and, and coveted them too. It, it, there's uh, you know a lot of different ships under the same model. That is exactly right. Thank you, uh, Chris, for the great metal thoughts. We're going to move on to our final favorite point of view on ships and vehicles in Star Wars, and I'll go ahead and read this one. This one comes from Will Culbertson. Will says, "My favorite vehicle is the shuttle Tidarium." Not only is it an exceptionally cool design, but its role in the events leading up to the destruction of the second Death Star should really put it in the Hall of Fame right next to the Falcon. First, the design. There is something just viscerally cool about how the wings of a Lambda-class shuttle expand and contract. I don't particularly know why they do that, and frankly, I don't care. It's just so cool. And I've always thought the viewport and cockpit make it look like some kind of bird of prey, at once both menacing and calculating. And when the two flanking wings are down, its center foil makes it look like a shark. Now let's talk about its history. According to Wikipedia, Shuttle Tidarium was originally stolen by Nine Num, yes, the Nine Num, during <laughs> Operation Yellow Moon, and then later used to transport the strike team down to the forest moon of Endor. We get a couple of great character moments during the trip Han and Chewie debating whether the Imperial code they transmitted would let them slip through enemy lines. Luke sensing Vader, and Vader sensing him back. It's a tension-filled sequence and one of my favorites of the film. And now, for a bit of headcanon. I'd like to think that at some point between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker, Rey, having heard all about the legendary exploits of the Tidarium as a child, uh, bought Nine Numb a drink and asked him to recount the tale of how he stole it in the first place. And I'm sure she would be geeking out just as hard as we would. Wow, that is great. Great headcanon. Uh, you know that uh, we appreciate headcanon of any two Star Wars characters swapping stories uh, while having a drink or uh, being at uh, you know a campfire. So either of those places, great. And great design thoughts, great actual uh, history of the ship thoughts. Uh, Ken, what uh, resonates with you about uh, Will's description of the shuttle Tidarium? I mean, first of all, let's just call this episode the, the Ballad of Nine Numb. Like, that's just <laughs> all over the place, as he should be. One of my favorite characters. I will. You're speaking my language here. I, it's, you know, I, I'm trying to think of a Star Wars ship that I can say that I don't like it. Like, you know, there's some that I like less without a doubt. But the, the shuttle Tidarium specifically is one I grew up with. I, I, and I'm, I, I, it took me years before I knew that it was a Lambda class shuttle. I just thought it was the shuttle Tidarium. Like it was the, the Imperial shuttle. Yeah. 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 Um, 
but the design, the the bird-like design, it absolutely, it's, it's, it's a raven. It's an eagle, an evil eagle <laughs> waiting to swoop into action. And then not for nothing, the front, yeah, the cockpit, the the whole, uh, he describes it as a shark. But yeah, no, it's it's elegant uh, in, in its own way. And therefore, I've always loved it. And yeah, without without it or that class of shuttle or without it being right there, Luke maybe doesn't get off <laughs> the Death Star. Uh, so I'll take that as well. Uh, I have a lot of them. I'm thinking, but I have, I don't have like a big set. I definitely didn't have it from back in the day, but like I have a little, like the, the Mac matchbox kind of micro ones. I have a couple of uh, Lambda class uh, shuttles around my house uh, because of the design. Uh, and I also, Oh, you know what? I also have one. It is, uh, it was a, uh, there was a Japanese kind of themed store at the mall I used to work at and you could go in and find someone, you know, candy and all those kind of things. And there was just a collection, a little, a little collection of uh, Japanese Star Wars toys, uh, licensed, I, I do believe. I don't have the box anymore, but uh, it was random. You didn't know what you got. You can you could get an Imperial Walker, you can get an X-wing, and I bought it, and I got the I got the uh, Tidarium. Oh and, wow! Oh, yeah, I still have it. And you kind of have to snap together. It's a tiny, like two inch wide model. You had to snap it all together and put the pieces together. And uh, I just loved it. I love that there. Star Wars doesn't just translate to all worlds, culture, societies and fans, the ships themselves do. And uh, there you go. I have a positive memory of the, the shuttle Tidarium indeed. Yeah, there's uh, so much here. I love how uh, I love how Will breaks it down from the design. So right. It's such a it was such a great addition uh, mm-hmm. back in 83. And the bird of prey thing is that's uh, that's right on the money for me of just like the angle and the intensity uh, of that cockpit. Uh, I was lucky. This was one of the only big ships that I had the Kenner toy of. And I think it's because oh, okay. it. I didn't get it until, you know, years after the movie, because I think it was probably uh, on discount. And I just I thought mm-hmm. it was so cool. I spent so much time uh, uh, pulling those uh, those wings down and flying it and then having them go back up as it landed. And uh, I still have it and I still have the box that it came in. But at one point when my family moved, because we moved around a lot, uh, my my brother took it upon himself uh, to warn the movers that it was to be handled with care. So I have (laughs) the cool original box of the Imperial shuttle uh, from the 80s. But then it says in big red marker, handle with care, chump. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, my brother was going through a Wolverine phase and was referring to everyone and everything as chump. Chump, love it. Chump or Bud, uh, the way Wolverine did back in the 80s. Um, yeah, so a lot of memories of just like visceral memories of the design. Uh, Will is so right about that being a great scene. So many things happening. The classic line, uh, fly casual uh-huh. uh, in that moment. And, you know, I don't think the Empire had Wookiees in mind when they designed it. All sorts of great stuff. Uh, great stuff there. And in terms of the uh, the storytelling of, of Nine Numb, yeah, that is from the book Moving Target, A Princess Leia mm-hmm. Adventure, one of the Journey to the Force Awakens books. I haven't read it in a while, uh, but back when I did, I remember just really enjoying it, that it had a bunch of really flavorful details about uh, Nine Numb, uh, enjoying a tipple now and then. Uh, and I believe this uh, story is framed by PZ4CO, which is a fun mm. detail, too. So if you're looking for, I think I read this like in, in uh, one sitting. It's a shorter book mm. if you're looking if that sounds enticing to you to spend some quality time with a nine numb stealing a ship while uh, Leia's trying to hide away because the Empire really, really wants to find her. This is a great read. Mm. Um, and I, yeah, in, in the headcanon of of this ship mattering 
and mm. uh, and somebody telling Ray about it, uh, Nine Numb in particular, telling Ray about it is yeah. is pretty great since Ray is a connoisseur of ships herself. Yeah, what, what I love about that that little headcanon story is just the Ray Ray would invest in Nine Numb regardless, right? I think uh, her her you know her relationship with BB-8 and everything just she 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 would be there like what's your story she'd want to know uh I, I get that and then i i see ray because of the way she was raised i don't know uh, you know her sh- social skills might be a little different you know what i mean like i don't know how many bars at nema outpost she was frequent. <laughs> so i love this idea um maybe even it was like led or like hey kid you got to go have a drink too it's fun like just go hang out <laughs> talk to people like you'll you'll like it and so i just like her kind of um be sliding up to the bars is my head cannon of just kind of be like what like almost like luke and tatooine just kind of like tapping on woo hairs you know pulling on woo hairs arm just like <laughs> i'll have one of those i'll have one of those even though i i believe luke hung out with uh, cammy and everyone down at bars but you know what i mean like nine i'm just going I, 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 let me let me uh I'll, let me get your first round let me give her, I'll, I'll, and she's just kind of like, this is great. And just kind of her relaxing and enjoying the company and enjoying this, this world around or something she didn't really get to experience growing up. I, I I'm there for that. I can. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, I love the way you're painting the picture. And I, you know, I'm thinking of this, uh, this young woman who grew up rummaging through Imperial and, uh, rebel ships and living in, in the belly of that, uh, at, at that ATAT and putting on that helmet, that, She's got to love a story of like, hey, this is one of the big, big turning points in the Galactic Civil War was when we took one of those uh, Imperial shuttles that maybe you rummaged through back on Jakku and we made it work for us. Well, yeah, there's one in Aftermath, right? Isn't it Nor Wexley? Don't they have one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, there you yeah, go. I, w- I would assume there is. So great. Great choice, Will, and great description. We want to thank everyone uh, for sending us their favorite points of view on these ships in vehicles of Star Wars. Uh, We will put out another request for favorite points of views on something in the Star Wars galaxy soon. Ken, any final thoughts from you on ships in vehicles? Always love doing this. Always love hearing from our listeners who who make our community what it is, whether it be on Discord or here on this show. Love seeing these names. Like Simon helped me with that list of episodes so I can start correcting the old broken ones and the old links. Love it. Just everyone coming together to celebrate Star Wars, and it's what we want to do here. So uh, thanks to all of you submitted stuff. Yeah, excellent. Ken, uh, where can they find your other adventures? Hey, real simple. Just follow me at Ken Napsock. Go to KenNapsock.com. That'll take you to anywhere you need to go. Uh, I do have my podcast, Casterly Talk, still going strong. And a lot of, uh, I bring it up because a lot of uh, Game of Thrones related news starting to pop up again. Casting for House of the Dragon prequel series and all that kind of stuff. And I'm in the middle of a big rewatch of the series and going through the themes and lessons of every episode. So head on over there if you want to check it out. Excellent. Yeah, we're going to get that explosion of the uh, the HBO Max wants a, wants a slate of Game of Thrones, right? They want your Game of Thrones money. <laughs> and they are probably going to get it from me. Uh, you can find me on all the social medias at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my other podcast, Obsessed, Comedy Albums, Future Online, and Live Shows eventually, all on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. You can like Force Center on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod and buy our merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can support our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash Force Center. More fun stuff coming there soon. Thank you all so much for listening. And as Obi-Wan Kenobi once said, another happy landing.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.